Hey guys, it's Susan Eisenberg. Some of you may recognize my voice from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, where I voiced Wonder Woman. And I'm here because Seth was gracious enough to let me come and promote my new business. It's called SoapCon Live, and it's a Comic-Con for soap operas. So if you're like me and you're a huge soap opera fan, go to SoapConLive.com. We're going to be featuring virtual free live panels on May 1st with some of your favorite soap stars from General Hospital, As the World Turns, One Life to Live, and The Doctors. So visit our website, SoapConLive.com, to find out how you can watch the panels and order meet and greets, autographs, and video greetings from your favorite soap stars. And stay tuned. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 231, and we have had a hell of a month. Uh, we had Rob Paulson was on the show, uh, Yakko himself. Uh, that was such a long conversation. It turned into two episodes. So I feel like we haven't reviewed anything in a while. Before that, we had Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor himself from Smallville. And uh, I know a lot of people come to the podcast for the reviews. And warning, we, we're spoiling the crap out of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I told you a long time ago that we were going to bring in some friends. But I, there's a certain level of qualification that you have to have in order to be on this podcast, because let's face it, I could have had him on sports with friends and he would have qualified there too, but I know him for a while and I follow his social media. And this gentleman loves this show as much as I did. And I said, this is a perfect guy to talk to about Falcon and the winter soldier. Anthony Mackey is here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Um, Marshall Harris, is a sportscaster, just kind of like I am, uh, who loves this stuff. And he takes it with great uh, uh, seriousness. Uh, I knew him from Philadelphia when I was working with the Phillies. Uh, we met back then, so that was like 10 years ago. Now he's out in Sacramento, Sacktown out there, uh, covering the, the Kings. He works for the CBS station out there. But he's hanging out with us here on the Hall of Justice for his first but not his last appearance. Mr. Harris. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Seth, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. I know you've had a long list of uh, more qualified people to come on and talk things. So I, I, feel, I feel like you're up in my level of comic book 
knowledge slash uh, verification, validation, however you want to put it, uh, just being on this podcast. Now, I'm sure everyone's going to follow me now. Oh, yeah. You got to follow him on Twitter. What, what's your Twitter handle? Tell everybody. At, I usually do it, this at the end. but Oh, you, no, no. It's, it's at M. Harris on air. You'll get sports. You'll get, you'll get a little bit of everything. But I'm, I'm always talking about the latest thing that I've been watching, whether it's uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, it could be Star Wars stuff. It could be WandaVision was great. Uh, Invincible is great. great. Yeah, you, maybe you come back to do Invincible. Um, we, can, we can get to that one. You know, the interesting part about Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the timing in which it was released and what it was intended to be. Uh, there were two key things that were supposed to have happened, and COVID played a major role. There were production delays in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. None of that is... Uh, affected the, the the special effects or the plot everything was done according to the original design but it came out later for example it came out after wandavision so before we get into the episode of the by episode i really do believe that wandavision would have been better received had falcon and the winter soldier been the first of the disney plus shows and we would have been more into it if Black Widow had come out when it was supposed to. Because if you saw Black Widow, the whole Julia Louis-Dreyfus character supposedly is unveiled there. And this is supposed to be a callback to that, but we don't know that. And WandaVision starts out so slow because you don't understand anything that's going on. But if you had the satisfaction of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and seeing Isaiah Bradley in that last scene at the end of it, and then wait two weeks and then see WandaVision, you're like, I don't understand this, but boy, am I patient because you had just had that satisfaction. What, what do you think of that idea? I, I do like that idea. I think uh, the, the timing of everything is so important. And now, and here's the thing, you're gonna have your diehard fans who love what you're producing almost no matter what. Like uh, <clears throat> they have such a love that it's, it's really one of those things that it doesn't matter what you drop, when you drop it, as long as it's good work at the end. It doesn't have to, it could start slow. Like WandaVision, like I can understand if you're just a casual Marvel person or a casual just, you know, wanted something to watch, why WandaVision struck you as so strange and weird at the start of it. But I think you're right. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a callback. Uh, but I, I, it reminds me of like the bad decisions back in the, uh, I guess it was the 80s. Yeah, back in the 80s when they released... Uh, Transformers, the movie, the animated film, right? Oh, and they decided they were going to go, that was going to be the first film when they should have gone G.I. Joe first with the more traditional, mm. you know, and because of the failures, though, of Transformer, now G.I. Joe's like direct the video. Uh, like, you got to... I didn't they, realize that. Every, everything is done for a reason. I, you know, I told you I'd give you a little bit of... Not, Dude, you, you know, know I got into the, a fight, but, but, but it, when we met, the same, around the same time, I don't know if we talked about this, but I had a shouting match with Cole Hamels about that movie, about Transformers the movie. What was because the, he what made was, some dumb comment that the live action movies are the, be, the, the best iteration of Transformers. I said, you're out of your mind. 1986 was the best iteration of the Transformers. I've done whole episodes on that movie. Cole's a little bit younger than us, so I can understand- I almost punched him in the nose. I swear I to God. 
I can understand where he's coming from. I will say this: uh, the thing about Transformers Michael the movie Bay once, movies. That's the, oh my god. <laughs> once you're watching like the animated uh, Transformers movie and you you've watched it and you processed it and like really you're traumatized as a child because so many characters die. Once you realize it's really just one big commercial, it takes some of the luster off of it <laughs> because they're like, we need to get rid of this product. Let's kill all these characters so we can put new product on the shelves. That's basically what Transformers the movie was. That's basically what any cartoon in the 80s was, is how can we sell product? We'll make up these comic books slash uh, cartoons to go along with it, propaganda so that all the kids all right. will tell their parents to buy all the product. That's fair. Okay, we 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 can we can we can agree to disagree on the uh, on the Transformers. <laughs> um, this one though, you know, it's still this is all post Endgame, and like Spider Man Far From Home, like WandaVision, this takes place like six months after, uh, and after the fight with Thanos, right A after the the blip happens. What I don't understand, I have a couple of questions and then we'll get into the bit by bit. Why is Falcon broke? All he does for the Air Force, he does that volunteer? Like he, he gets paid by the by the military. That's first of all. Second of all, you're telling me Tony Stark didn't set up something to pay for all those guys? Like P Pepper Potts isn't showing up with big estate checks? Like what? Why are they broke? And Vision, who's a robot, has money to get a deed for land in New Jersey. Uh, you know, th these are these are good questions. They're quality <laughs> questions. But I, I will say this. Oh, this is the big uh, ones, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, well, look, look, I, I, I will say this. Um, it's not necessarily that Sam himself is broke, but like his family is in debt. Like, I think that's an homage to paycheck to paycheck, man. That's something we just saw with, you know, COVID-19, how many people are truly living paycheck to paycheck they miss one paycheck and they're on the verge um i think that that speaks to society in real time in real life here in 2021 where you know if you look at minimum wage if you even just look at the cost of living and how it's gone up since we were children right. and how inflation uh, the the wages have not caught up with that and so there are other movements besides you know the, the flag smashers per se that are dealing with the inequities of uh, the, the world, whether it's from a social standpoint, whether it's from a, uh, a financial standpoint, it is no surprise to any black person. I'll tell you this, watching okay. the show that Sam was broke. Um, you know, now, he's now famous, to your point, famous to, and broke to, to your point, he is famous and broke. I don't know what his situation is in terms of his pay. Uh, you know, what kind of debt his parents were in, um, you know, how people were affected by the blip, um, whether that's, you know, his sister being gone, perhaps, you know, the other thing you got to remember is Sam, Sam was, he was gone. gone. He was gone. On your right, years. on your right. right. On so your for right. five years, who knows what kind of financial, it takes a lot less than five years to, to, to fall under financial hardship, okay. right? So I can understand why Sam and his family would be broke because Sam wasn't around to help pay those bills. He's not getting paid, I'm assuming, in those five years that he's gone. So- But it, Sam it's, had it's, just it's, seen, just, Sam had just seen uh, Don Cheadle, uh, yes. Rhodey. He just yes. sees Rhodey. Right. And I don't think Rhodey's got money to give him. I mean, no, let's, but let's Rhodey, be honest. But Rhodey works for the government and Rhodey was a dear friend of Tony. 
okay, maybe Rhodey is set up. Tony is a billionaire. Hold on, hold on. Before you're like, let's talk about the last time before Endgame. Civil War. Totally. What what happens at the end of that? Totally, (laughs) totally. But but they rally around each other, and the last time you see them, they're at Tony's funeral. And but Tony's dead. Was- but, but, but Tony's dead. My my point is my point is this: Tony came and saw them at the uh, what's the underwater uh, the brig raft. Uh, the raft the raft. Sorry, the raft. Tony comes to see them, the raft. to the raft. They're all they're that. all locked up. Okay, I remember. He hasn't talked to Captain America in how long? Tony Stank hasn't talked to Captain yeah, America since he got that phone. And then they don't even see each other in Infinity War. Like, so, and, and Tony, when he does see Cap, he's not exactly he's thrilled. Angry. He's angry. He's, he's angry. He's righteous. Uh, you know, I, so when you're back okay. to your original question, though. He's broke because that's just the way a lot of people are broke. And that's how the Flash Smashers exist in the first place, because people are getting displaced. Right. Well, the whole the concept of, the of half the world goes away, and then five years later, half the world comes back. But the world moved on. Without them, right. so there were people right. living in people's houses, and they're, they're, it's a very complicated. They're, they're idea. very, and these are very, they're they're addressing very real problems that this had happened. Right. If 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 suddenly half the planet disappeared, and then all of a sudden everybody came back, what would life be like? And and that's what the the concept of the flag smashers is great because I love a villain that you can understand. Well, hey, I think not, they're Marvel, not they're not bad guys just to be bad guys. Marvel does a great job of humanizing all of its villains whether it's uh loki who didn't know he was an adopted son whether it's uh shoot black panther showed me a villain that you know people were like totally. he's not wrong but right. you know what well, how how far you like, want to go i didn't go? like his methods but <laughs> but that's what i'm saying it's like his ideas aren't wrong because let's like look at the facts yeah, yeah yeah exactly killmonger so you look at that and you look at even Thanos, he's like finite. Now, my, my issue with Thanos is, you know, if you could snap your fingers and make half the people, why can't you snap your fingers and make more resources appear? I, I like right, that. Right, that's right. Just, right. Some, some basic questions I have. That's but uh, no, no, I, I completely understand. And the villains are great, as always. Even Agent Zero, who I think had some PTSD, if you, mm-hmm. you look at the way he was processing things throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the fake Captain America, we'll we'll go with we'll go so, we'll, yeah, yeah and we'll get to crazy. them yeah we'll get to them in, in just a sec, in just a sec. My favorite uh, note from that funeral, the uh, I'll I'll pay a compliment and I and I had a knock about that funeral. The compliment is they brought the kid from Iron Man three. I, I did like that. Oh my god! Like I didn't even know that. I had to find that out after. I didn't know who that kid was. I oh was no, like, I knew exactly who it was as soon as I oh, saw him. Not in a said not not for the life of me. And Iron Man three to me is the worst of all those movies. Ooh. Yeah, the worst yeah. of all what movies? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Stop! Stop! Iron stop. Man three is much worse. <sighs> the Dark World um, exists. I saw. I'm going to say the Dark World exists. I understand. Um, oh, it's a close second. Trust me. Um, the best. The, the but the knock on the funeral. They filmed Endgame. Again, this this shows you the parallels between the production delays in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They filmed Endgame before they wrote Captain Marvel. Remember, they knew Captain Marvel was coming out, but they hadn't produced Captain Marvel when they film Endgame. They filmed Endgame with Infinity War. Okay. They don't have a moment between Fury and Carol Danvers because... Samuel Jackson hadn't signed on to do Captain Marvel yet. 
originally Captain Marvel was going to be Coulson, but the, Sam Jackson signed in. They said, let's up the ante here and let's make this Sam Jackson. He signs in. So what I had suggested, my and this is a nitpicky thing, but give me your, your movie is three hours and one minute long. <laughs> give me two minutes in the in the forest there after the funeral between Carol Danvers and Sam Jackson. When they were wrapping everything up and everybody kind of every- had their, right. their time to shine. Ah, I'm with you. Close that except, loop. Except I, I just thought the powerful, when they sent it off, you know, Tony Stark, proof that Tony Stark has a mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Just that that pan. I, then do it I, beforehand. I thought it was enough. Then do it beforehand. I, I, That's fine. I, I don't think you can do it beforehand because I think that was kind of the reveal. Like you said, the kid from okay. Iron Man 3, the reveal was so powerful in that they went through all those characters, um, you know, and, and, and they did wrap up a lot of loose ends, whether it was Hawkeye with Wanda. And, you know, obviously he was the one who, who had that moment with her where, hey, you can't be hiding it. Like either you got to be out here ready to fight or you're just chilling. You got to do one or another because, you know, it, it's about to get real. So I, I completely understand what you're saying. I just, I'm not going to nitpick that. I, I'm okay. okay with that. I, th- okay. I, I'm okay with that. Cause, cause that final shot of just like the man who put Nick Fury, put the man who put it together, you go back to the end credits of Iron Man one. I'm with all of that. Like it, it's I, I thought oh, it's, it's it, so great. It's so yeah. great. And this, and this blip, this, this, this thing that was so uh, maligned after infinity war, because um, let's face it, Black Panther and Spider-Man. Black Panther had just made a billion dollars and Spider-Man, they had just gotten the rights and those two get turned into feathers. And I and the way I saw it was it, it cheapened it. I, I, I didn't like it then. But what they have done by being able to pay it off time and time and time again, I, I've done a complete 180 on the end of Infinity War because now the end of Infinity War sets this spiral that we are still not out of. And that is well deeper than any comic book I've ever read. Like, yeah, that, that's, and, and, that's incredible. And again, I think you have to see the big picture in that, you know, the Avengers and Endgame, it was more about the original ones. And those guys were Johnny right. come lately. And, and without that, Yo, you don't have the power of, you know, when Doctor Strange brings everyone back, like when 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 you see Wakanda and Black Panther show up, it's more. And when Spider-Man swings through, still don't know what he was swinging on when he swings through, by the way, because it looked like he's just kind of swinging yeah, on air. In the wo- he was in the woods. Yeah, I, then, I, I didn't, then, um, didn't see that. So, it's so not like there's so, a, a skyscraper nearby. <laughs> when they when they come back, though, I thought that would that that you can't have that powerful moment if they don't get, you know. Correct. Oh, no, you're right. They, they paid it off the late game. Okay, so let's go into uh, episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So he's working for the Air Force, and he has this highfalutin air fight, which was wild. And right then and there, they establish that this is not a TV show. Like, we have to stop blurring the lines between what is a movie and what is a TV show, because... They put as much emphasis on the special effects in that opening 10 minutes than as good as any of the movies, like any of the movies. Like you think about the opening scene to uh, Age of Ultron, which was like a commercial for a video game, and they're in the woods. And that was this was just as intense. And yeah, again, their budget is high enough they spent more money on the 10 minutes to open Falcon and the Winter Soldier than seven seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
well, yeah, that's another, that's another but, thing. But we you can see how it's evolved. Day. But, but they, they had to set the tone and let you know, this isn't a TV show. This is a limited series. Right. And it's going to come with more of that mini series feel based on the movies that you love and no oh, expense so. is going to be spared. And what I loved about that is episode one was so great because it was such a stark contrast um, from the first episode of WandaVision where you have no idea what's going on. Here, you know plainly what's going on. And we're gonna give it to you just the way you like it. You know what you signed up for. My, that was my first favorite thing is that scene you're talking about. My second favorite scene is they were like, we're gonna show you how deep we're gonna go with these layers. Bucky and Sam don't even interact in episode one. In episode one. And we're just giving you backstory and setting it all up. Yep. Uh, what did you make? I know this is a reference to Endgame, but what did you make of the whole idea of wrapping up Steve Rogers' story, which was so unique, which had never been done in the comics? The You've never seen that in animation. Like Steve Rogers, you know, gets this task and you think it's just a job that he's got to go put the Infinity Stones and he'll be back. And he changes his mind midstream to have a life with Peggy. And that husband that, you know, remember Steve Rogers sees Peggy on her deathbed. That husband, in essence, is him. And she doesn't and she doesn't tell him. Right. That's crazy. Right. And, and, and you know what, but I don't think he, I don't think you said he, he changed midstream. I think, I think he knew the whole time he was going to do, do that. You do. I, I okay. think you look, you look back like my second time watching uh, Endgame or maybe my fifth time watching Endgame. I don't know. <laughs> or 17th or... <laughs> uh, uh, the, 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 the trip they took to the base where he yep. sees through her office and yep. he's really hard reflecting. They really kind of set you up oh my throughout God. this. Totally. Um, you know, they, they remind you, when uh, her picture falls out, you know, where yep. did you get this cap yep. versus cap? Yep. Um, and and Bucky knew. He first told, Avenger. He, to, he, he told Bucky. Yep. Bucky knew. Like yep. when he shows up on the bench, Bucky's like nodding his head. Yep. This is what he told me he was going to do. Good thing he's still alive. Yep. And, yep. you know, and, and, and so, and he tells Sam, go on. Because they already talked about what's going to happen with the right. shield and everything. That's right. why, that's why Bucky's so incensed that Sam would give the shield back to the government, knowing everything Bucky knows about the government Correct. and Hydra and how things work. Bucky knows what is what. Correct. And and that and that that gets explained in episode two. Back with more of the Hall of Justice in just a moment. But first, have you seen DC's Legends of Tomorrow? The completely evolved series that started out with Rip Hunter and now has become one of the wildest, most comic book-like shows going on. Their fifth season is out on Blu-ray and DVD. And this season was so unique, it started with the conclusion of the Crisis on Infinite Earths. I cannot rave about the crisis enough, and it is so much of what paved the way for this season, because again, it's all one world now. And the Blu-ray includes that special five-episode disc, a separate disc with all the episodes of Crisis. So if this is the only CW show that you're going for, you'll get the entire Crisis on Infinite Earths. You also see the departure of Brandon Routh in this season, and I thought he was a great addition, even though, in my eyes, he's still Superman. He played Ray Palmer, first on Arrow, 
then he went over to Legends, and he had a whole arc. There were changes as a result of the crisis that had a ripple effect throughout the whole season. And who's better than Katie Lotz as Sarah Lance? I mean, she just owns every scene that she's in. Uh, Heat Wave's in it still. Uh, the, the Wave Rider is in it. It's the fifth season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And with COVID shutting down all the productions, who knows when we're going to see season six. It's out on Blu-ray and digital and DVD, wherever you can find Blu-rays, DVDs, and digital. I recommend the Voodoo app. That's just my personal opinion. This is the group of misfit heroes, and they are as wild as ever. The complete fifth season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. But two things on, on episode one, um, the speech that Sam gives uh, at the Pentagon or wherever they, they were, where he gives up the shield. Um, did you think that the sh like, like, did you what did you know going in? Because you knew that wasn't the last time you were going to see that shield but you didn't know that they were going to take it and give it to somebody else. Like, no, no, I, I, I fully expected them to take it. Give you it to thought the else. U S agent story was coming right away. Like that. that was I, I don't know it. if I thought the U S agent story was coming right away, but I knew there was going to be a new government deemed captain America. Like that didn't, I was, I was kind of just trying to figure out. So does the government finally get the, uh, the super serum and give it to someone or does he come by it? And right. you know, I, I I try to be just along for the ride on these shows. You sure, know? sure, sure. I'm not one of those canon guys like you got to go by with the comic book. No, I of like course. ideas from the comic books and then evaluate. Because if it was just straight up like the comic book, it would be quite frankly boring. To so, totally, totally. And you don't want it to be a, re uh, a redux. Like you don't it, want it, that. Exactly. So take some things from the comic books and, you know, you can look throughout the MCU and, and just see different things that they've taken and they did a little bit with or not a lot with and just yo know, just have fun with it. I love the writing. It's been pretty consistent throughout. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I just knew that Sam was going to regret giving up the shield. Bucky was going to be mad as he was and that Sam was going to I was like Sam's going to learn some things throughout this series and I think it's going to change his vantage point. Didn't know the extent. And I fully expected at the end of the day for Sam to be Captain America. Yeah, uh, you you saw that you like you were anticipating that, but you didn't you didn't know you didn't know uh, you didn't know the road that was going to take us there right. and what, what the end result was going to be. So you get to see uh, Louisiana and you get to see, um, you know, where where he's from, um, you know, that the fact that it was Louisiana meant something, you know, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure on your background, but um, my best friend who. Uh, Daryl Hamilton, who um, was killed in 2015 when I started the Hall of Justice podcast, uh, he was from Baton Rouge, and uh, I had been invited to this um, private memorial. Like they had a public memorial for him because he played baseball and you know Dusty Baker and all that stuff. And and then um, we went to Baton Rouge for this private memorial, and I got to see New Orleans. Like I got to see not New Orleans, but I got to see Baton Rouge. Um, right. And so I, I, you know, it's not the same area as where uh, Sam's family is, but I, you, you, that sense of community, you know, and also being uh, the only Jewish person in a Southern Baptist church was an experience I'll never forget. Uh, but that, you know, that's neither here nor there. 
Um, so now you get to episode two and the mantle is passed, like Good Morning America and the football game. And the, like you're supposed Wait. to get it. Yeah. Can we just talk about that scene though? Like yeah. when they brought the actual Captain America music back from like, you know, yeah. remember it was all old time first show Avenger. Time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they they updated it. I was like, you know what? This series so I was smart. like, I was already in, but now so I'm like smart. all the way in. It's details like that, Seth, that yeah. made this series so great. So you're introduced to the flag smashers, and like I said, we we completely get their idea, their, their point, the way they use uh, the phones, you know, and, and the apps to, to do it. And I like at the end, uh, Bucky says, nice app. <laughs> Works great. Right. That, was, that was really funny. But it, what happens as a result is Sam and Bucky are reunited and then they're mad at each other because he gave up the shield and Bucky feels it's important to introduce Sam to Isaiah Bradley. Um, Isaiah Bradley, who is the star of one of the 10 greatest comic books I've ever read, which is called Truth, Red, White and Blue, uh, played by the, the one of the long term projects for this podcast, the great Carl Lumley, who was Martian Manhunter in the Justice League cartoon. Um, he was also uh, 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 John Jones's father in Supergirl. So like Carl Lumley's all over this stuff. And it was Carl Lumley playing Isaiah Bradley. And um, we've had with Michael Rosenbaum two weeks ago, we have had five of the seven Justice League members on this podcast. And Carl Lumley was the, the like the white whale. And if you hear the the Michael Rosenbaum podcast, and this is more for the audience, um, he literally says, you got to get Lumley. And I said, why? And now you see like it's Carl Lumley and I'm like, oh, my God, that's incredible that they got him of all people and the story that he tells. And you're just wondering, at least from my perspective, and I want to get your perspective was, oh, my God, are they going to do the truth story like the, from the book? And I was just like, oh, my God, that's an intense thing because it makes the government look so bad. Well, I think that's kind of the thing that when you look at this series, uh, the patriotism of it all, um, whether you're talking about um, the Falcon or Iron Patriot, you know, they uh -huh. thought that remember name him? would be better, you know, yep. like, remember that you, 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 you look at all of it and, you know, I've got an uncle who's in the military. We all know people who are in the military who have served the country. And it's just to know that a lot of people don't know the true story, you know, when they went to see uh, Isaiah Bradley, it reminded me of like Marvel's doing a good job here in that they're opening up some of the scars of, of this nation. And there's plenty of scars to go around. Don't get me wrong. But in the same way, you know, you saw what happened in Tulsa and, uh, I don't know if you've seen Watchmen, the series. Oh, yeah, anyway. of course. Yeah. And, and and like people watched that first episode of Watchmen and they were like, oh, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. And like and they, they didn't know it was true. a true story. It's a true story. And I'm like, this is the fail, failure well, of education in America. We like to hide, like, we hide, not even, right. I don't know if it's hiding things. It's just like, I guess it is because ultimately, if you don't learn about it in school, you're hiding it, you know? Well, where so, did you grow up? How did you learn that? I, I grew up in Alabama, so I know all there of you it. Go. You know all. Of I grew it. up in Alabama. I went to school in Mississippi. Uh, my grandmother and grandfather uh, on my dad's side, both teachers. Like uh -huh. 
none of this stuff surprises me, shocks me, um, any of that. But I'm glad that Marvel said we're going to tackle it because what they're doing here is, I know it's all a fantasy and it's, it's fiction, but we're going to inject some nonfiction there so people have a real frame of reference of how this would really be if superheroes existed because that's exactly how it'd be based on the real history of the U.S., Isaiah Bradley, right. that, that's some stuff. The super soldier serum can... gets lost and they're going to try to experiment. Who are they going to experiment on? Come on, man. We already know. We already know, Seth. Well, and, 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 there's, and there's a part to this that I thought tying it into a book that already existed right. was very important because there is this argument, and it is mostly a right-wing argument, that pop culture is injecting a, an agenda into their stories. This, this is something you hear on the crazy nonsense that you hear. Well, well, my, it's, it's... my point being is that you cannot call Marvel on that because A, this is released in a time where you know racism is at the forefront of our society's mind, but they didn't make this story up because it's 2021. They took something from 2003 and said, this is part of the Captain America legacy not just being quote unquote woke. And I congratulate them from having some, some chutzpah to, to do a storyline that had been done before. And, and it's not just part of the Captain America legacy, but when you're talking about wrongs of the past, it's just part of the American legacy. It's just history. Like it's just history, man. Like it, I, I don't, people who are upset about it, it's because they want to, live with their blinders on and, and try to pretend like stuff like this didn't happen. And I'm like, yo, it's, it, it's better that we, we address, you can't move on until you address your past. And here Marvel is, isn't like addressing the past. They're just saying like, this is a completely believable storyline. And in, in, totally. in, a, in a world that's unbelievable, in a world that's unbelievable, like totally. superheroes don't exist, but if they did, Based on what we know about the U.S. Uh, and America, uh, like, he didn't want to kinda... see the shield. He didn't want to see the color. He was in prison. Oh my God! And he, you know, they pay it off at the end when when Sam goes obviously, to see him. Obviously, um, yes. But the first initial, like the shock, and Anthony Mackie, but both of them were amazing. But Anthony Mackie just literally is stunned. He couldn't know this. And when Bucky says to him, Sam didn't. Uh, Steve didn't know. It's like because if if Sam found out that Steve Rogers knew about this, everything and didn't falls tell, apart. The everything whole thing. And he says, don't worry, Steve didn't know we kept it from him. Oh, my God. It's so smart. We, we, you know, what's great about that entire scene in that, I guess, first half of that episode uh, at the end of when he come out, the, when they come out the house and they're like having a strongly worded discussion, they get stopped by the police, they get stopped by the police. Everybody's on Sam, and then it's Buggy who gets taken it gets in. Taken it's hilarious. Like it's, this it's is incredible. This is very much like real okay, life. Okay, yeah, this is. And it reminds us where Bucky is on the spectrum of things. Like he's got to check in with his, you know, parole officer, what have you, his evaluation psychologically, and all that. So, like, like I said, Marvel did. A, is it perfect? No, there's no because no, no, no. there's no such thing as perfect, and it's always going to have a level of subjectivity. But, but. What they did, I, I, I admire it. As a guy who loves good writing, um, I, I admire it. There's, are there some holes that need to be filled? Always. Can you nitpick? Always. Always. Of course. But overall, it's an ambitious... I, I give them credit for the ambition um, and, and, and pulling... Just like WandaVision was so amazing to me. This, amazing. Like, 
this is a very different limited series, but it's got me so hyped for Loki. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's totally, totally. Um, moving on. I'm just trying to move this along. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. The power broker. Um, <laughs> this was the one storyline I didn't care that much about only because, okay. I don't understand why Sharon Carter didn't get pardoned earlier in the timeline of Marvel. Like why she's on the run still when Falcon saved the world and is working for the air, the air force. Like they were partners in crime. Remember Sharon Carter stole a shield and stole the Falcon outfit. Like we're not talking about capital murder here. Like I, I just didn't understand why she escalated into this super villain. Um, and it was just, it was almost like the worst kept secret. Like, why would she be there? Oh, of course they're going to make her part of the storyline. Um, it just felt shoe, shoehorned. You know what I mean? It didn't feel shoehorned to me just because Sharon Carter had a role. I mean, uh, I, do, did we ever see um, Steve Rogers kiss her aunt on, on screen? No, no. They but but who, do, who do we see him kiss on screen? Two people, Black Widow, and she was Black like, yep. "It's like how how long has it been since you kissed a woman?" Yeah, and yeah. then, and and then her, and so like, I think she's she has a pivotal part, and it made sense to me that she would be on the run because she broke the law. She had to get out of the heck out of Dodge. Remember, okay. at the end of at the end of at the end of that movie, Civil War, um, they're on the raft. I mean, he's in the raft. Like Sam's locked up. Captain America has to come free them. Yep, um, but, but he does. Yeah, and and so he frees them, and they're they're still um, on the run. Like at the beginning of Infinity War, they're on the run. Didn't right. had to, didn't stay in a lot of nice hotel, four star hotels. Correct. So she's on the run too, and I'm assuming but why wouldn't Cap like have her be part of his group? Like why well, is Black Widow fighting aliens, but Sharon Carter's not? I, I don't know that he knew exactly where Sharon Carter was. Okay. Um. Like he knew where those guys were because he knew they were on the he were, they were at the raft and so that's why he broke them out and then they've been playing hopscotch and Magic Kapoor is a, a da dangerous place and you know at some point you know she her her back was against the wall and she was like I got to do something and that's when she becomes a power broker I think I don't know maybe. maybe she was always the bad guy maybe she's still a good guy but doing some other stuff that we don't know about maybe well like, you, you know you'll find out because they're gonna pay it off no, somewhere Captain Captain America Four is going to be a man I already know. I already know because because they've got your head on a swivel in such a good way in the MCU. You don't know what's coming next. Totally, you know a few things, but you don't know what. Like you know, Thanos is a bad guy, and this is what he's trying to right. do. Right, but you still don't know how it's going to all go down. Totally, totally. Um, but but what I'm I guess my only point is is that this who's the power broker that that's like during Wandavision, like who's Mephisto, like <laughs> like okay. Um, what about the idea that they go to Zemo? and they bring him back. Um, Zemo was such a great villain. He such was a great such a great villain in Civil War um, and how and it he, ties he, into Age of Ultron and his anger and the scene with uh, Black Panther at the end of Civil War. Where he tries you know, to kill I've himself. often said when Chadwick Boseman died, I always said that if you want to see some of the best acting, Civil War is the movie where he, I mean, he's great in Black Panther, don't get me wrong, but in Civil War, he's incredible. And the look he gives Captain America at the, in Endgame, just the I got this look, is perfect acting. It, like, it, it, that, perfect that looked 
Oh my God. Th- that look harkened Just. back to the end of Civil War when he says, let them come. Yeah. Like, and then they go out to the, yeah. the big Black Panther statue. I'm like, you know, it's like, that's how you knew Black Panther was going to be uh, a, leg- a legendary movie that everyone was going to want to go see regardless of what happened um, in it. And yeah. Do you mind if I, I mean, ask you a, uh, a, can I change the subject for a second? I just okay, wanted to ask ahead. you a, um, a Black Panther question. Um, I thought about asking you a, another tangent, but I'm trying to stay focused here. No, it's okay. Um, what I, what my takeaway from Black Panther was, was that a white person can only love that movie a 9.5, but a black person can go to 10 because so rarely in popular culture, in American cinema, has a black character not been an African American. And the fact that a black character can be royalty and never has the quote unquote African-American plight. As a matter of fact, they reference it when Killmonger comes in. I think the appreciation that a black person can have for that movie just inherently because of the upbringing you had versus the upbringing I had, which I can't apologize for. I didn't choose to be white. The idea that only a black person can love Black Panther a 10 and that white people can only go to 9.5. I, I don't know how to make, uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't See know how to I mean? process that. I, I do understand what you're saying. I will say, based on what you just said, like the, the last time, you know, the, 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 the culture, if you will, was this hyped universally for something was probably this idea of Wakanda, Zamunda coming right. to America Right. Like that is like, yo, this is like some other stuff that like, right. it just g- gives you a, huh, things, things could be different. Things could be imagined differently. Right. You don't um, have the burden of the African-American history. Right. You know, right. But, but as, as Killmonger lets you know, like that exists. So let's not pretend like it doesn't. Why aren't Correct. you helping oh, people no. everywhere? Completely. Like that's why I said Killmonger wasn't wrong. Right. His methods you could argue, argue about. Right. But it's like when you argue those methods, it's like uh, it's like talking about colonialism as if things are still being actively colonized. Like the the colonialism of the globe has already happened. Like that's a past tense thing. So in in Killmonger's eyes, to reclaim it, you know, it took violence to colonialize. It would take violence to reclaim it. So it's it's interesting, just you know, knowing his uh, his perspective on things and and different ways of dealing with things. And, uh, you know, you, just cause you brought up Black Panther, you know, there's a petition to recast uh, the Black Panther. I don't know if they're gonna run with the Shuri as Black Panther storyline. T'Challa, when, like to, to just keep the Black Panther story going with a new and, actor? With a new actor. And I, I just, I'm very, I don't know about it. I'm very, I, I don't know. Like Chadwick Boseman is an amazing actor, but is that character, big enough that you would want to just recast it because I don't think so. The world I, like I don't, the I don't Black think Panther. I don't think okay. you can. And, I, and, and I, I don't see, I thought it was strange. Uh, we're never finishing this. Um, <laughs> I just thought this was, <laughs> you this took was me on this strange. tangent. No, the, I thought it was strange when they announced phase four, that they had not announced Black Panther two. And 
when they announced black and it's on Disney plus, you can watch Disney plus. They show you phase four and they go Shang-Chi and black widow and eternals and all the shows and, you know, Falcon winter soldier, all, all these different things. And they never mentioned black Panther two. And I think that's because they knew. Because what I what I thought of the fact that he had this ailment this whole time is amazing. And he, Marvel knew he was sick when they made Black Panther. Maybe not when they cast him in Civil War, but every year they have to do insurance like they 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 have to get these guys have to go through physicals. They knew. And so right. I didn't think they were going to have a Black Panther, too, then you know, business takes over and they kind of force it. And Ryan Coogler says, I can do a story. My prediction for Black Panther 2 always was um, T'Challa meets Aurora Monroe and they have a romance and that's Storm. And that's how you enter the X-Men world. That's what I thought. That's what I always thought Black Panther 2. Now you take T'Challa out and what I think makes it worse is he died on screen. Remember, they in Black Panther, he dies and they bring him back to life somehow with, you know, with their Wakanda science stuff. And the, the argument is, is that that was such a glorious fight scene. How is he going to die and not have it be a brilliant scene? Like, is there footage of him? Is there footage of him? Like, can you carry Fisher him, you know, into something to give him a proper death? in black panther 2 i, I don't know look I don't if, know. if anybody can, if anybody can do it it's I, i'll put my money on the mcu marvel group to do right. it but They'll i figure it it's out it's a it's They'll a tough it proposition it's really hard it's really really hard all right um so we're we're, we're through zemo but uh bucky takes a walk <laughs> in latvia and all of a sudden the dora milaje shows it. up from black panther and you're like Holy geez, great idea. Like how brilliant. And now as you move to four, that scene where they come to apprehend John Walker. Right. And get the shield and all that. No, no, not John Walker. They're trying to apprehend um, Zemo. Zemo. And the, when they, when, they, when she puts the spear and takes the shield out, like John Walker's completely overmatched. It, it, it's so smart. It's so smart. And the conversation that John Walker has with uh, his man, uh, Lamar, uh, where they talk about, would you take the serum? And that's that's when you knew he was going to get the serum somehow, some way. Right. That That's when you knew that that's what was going to happen. And the 20, um, the 20 vials and a bunch of them are destroyed, but John Walker gets one. Puts it in his pocket. Yeah. And he takes it and, and he has it. And... And then episode four, um, I mean, it's it's brilliant, you know, with 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 Zemo and, you know, the Wakandans and there's all this stuff. Sam has great conversations with the girl, Carly, um, and that you see some great acting. Um, but then Walker kills. One, there's this fight scene and Morgenthau accidentally kills Lamar Hoskins. And in a fit of rage, Walker uses the shield to kill one of the flag smashers. Um, and it's filmed by everyone on iPhone. Well, it's 2021. You already I, knew what right. time was. Well, oh you my saw God. The, 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 well, I forget what the title of the and episode was. The blood was. on the shield. It's called The Whole World is Watching. Yes. And so like 
based on the title when it first started, I was like, the whole world is watching. What are they watching? I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, be on the lookout. And as soon as Captain America chases him out, I was like, oh, the whole world is watching. Because, you know, it's 2021. Yep. Everyone has Everything, video on has their video. phone. Yep. And, like, it, the fact that he did it, with the, like you said, the blood on the shield with the shield he killed him. Oh. Woo! It's, uh, oh, so the, good. you know, when, when they see that this man now has super um, human abilities, because he's obviously taking the serum, that's when it's like the wake-up call for both Sam and Bucky, I think. Uh, and you already know what Zemo's about. There can be no super soldiers, which is interesting because he didn't try to kill Bucky. Like, I, 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 I go back and forth on Zemo and like, what's he, what's he really about? Um, but he likes the fact, I guess, that Bucky is reformed because you know he tries, he tries, he tries the old words on the on him when he comes to visit him in prison. Uh, it, it's just that was like the turning point. That's the that's when the series got very real. Someone Captain America killed someone in front of everyone, and you very knew true. he wasn't going to be Captain America in that same. And what I loved about the next episode is it starts like, let's go, like Bucky yeah, they, and they Sam want it. versus they want it. And they want that the shield. Like you can't have the shield anymore, man. It's you're not, you are you're you're not on the level. They they try to 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 get it. There's this big fight. The 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 blood is still on the shield. They break um, they break the Falcon suit. Um, that's when uh, Sam tells uh, his buddy Torres. He says that uh, you take it, you know. And and you know he says he says I'm okay. And then they go back. And it's over and this disappointing thing because the the flag smasher still exists. There's this great threat and John Walker just embarrassed the shield uh, and they get the shield and he doesn't know what to do. So he visits Isaiah Bradley. And this this is this is the, the, the to me, my favorite scene of the whole show when Bradley explains how a black man can't be Captain America and. Right. And then they fixed the family boat. And I thought that was adorable. Uh, Bucky flirting with the sister was hysterical. I loved, I loved all of that. Uh, but Barnes shows up with a briefcase from the Wakandans. Did you know that was a Captain America suit? Like how much did Twitter affect you? Well, I, well I, you know, I, it's funny. I haven't really been on Twitter much. I was on like a 10 day vacation and I, okay. I did a 96 hour social media cleanse altogether. Oh, how'd that um, go? <laughs> it was great. Oh it was absolutely refreshed. I'm, I'm completely refreshed. I'm cool. Uh, but <laughs> I thought it was like the wings. Like, I thought it was a vibranium suit. I didn't know it was a Captain America suit. I didn't know what exactly it was. I still don't know. Is that is that suit? Are the wings vibranium now? Like, I somebody needs maybe, to, to catch maybe. me up. It's I, I'm straight out sure. of the book. I mean, it literally like looks like an artist drew that and they made it perfect. Like, they made it perfect. <laughs> I, I I don't know that I love the suit, like the colors and everything. Like I prefer yeah, like the that, darker. But they were not going to change. Like they've done everything right. so loyal to the comics. They were not going to change. Um, but yeah, no, that I, the conversation with Isaiah, all the conversations between Sam and Isaiah are just such good old school, new school. We're trying to survive. We're trying to move on. My man's been living in hiding for who, who knows how long. Um, in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> God. yeah it's 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 right very dc yeah yeah it's very all of it is very like if like i said if if the marvel cinematic universe was the it was real life this is how i could picture it going down
We'll be back with more of the Hall of Justice, but first, I have to tell you about another podcast I do. And yeah, we talk about it from time to time. But anybody who knows my career knows it's a sports broadcasting career. Yes, I love the Hall of Justice so much. I also started a podcast that is called Sports with Friends. It's a play on words because my mother always played words with friends. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat to see if I have as many friends in the industry that could come on a show and be open and honest and have a friendly chat? So I started the podcast and said every guest is a friend. But then I found out that some of my friends are in PR and they book guests for the show. They've asked me to put people I'm just meeting. So now every guest is a friend or a friend of a friend. We play Jewish Geography. Some of the past guests on this show can be really close friends like Dave Softy Mahler or Andrew Siciliano. And some of them are big icons that are also friends. Ken Griffey Jr. thinks he made my career. Martin Brodeur, the best goalie in the history of the NHL. And we also tackle big topics. We'll find out about cord cutting for a sports fan or the life and death of Kobe Bryant. And then there was Nancy Lieberman's appearance. What a story she had to tell. And then there's Eli Manning, who's been on the podcast five times and counting. All I know is if you listen to Sports with Friends, you'll hear some great guests. You'll hear so many stories, and you'll feel like you know not only them, but me. Check out Sports with Friends wherever you can get your podcasts. And if you're listening to this one, I guarantee you, you'll find Sports with Friends right there. Episode six uh, is such a great finale. Um, you know what it you know what it reminded me of, and this is a compliment. It's it's meant to be a compliment, not an insult. It reminded me of a of the um, the crisis on Infinite Earths for the CW. Oh wow! Because, okay. and I'll tell you why. One of the things the CW does really brilliantly is whatever battle they're fighting, whether it's Arrow or the Flash or whatever. The CW always gives you five minutes to tie it all up. So like the battle, the climax of the uh, of any CW episode is like at the 45 minute mark, not the 55 minute mark, you know, right. assuming 60 minutes. I know there's commercials. You, you know what I'm saying? No, I got you. In this, the final battle has to be with 15 minutes left. Like oh, there yeah. has you, to well, be you... fi- 15 minutes left and you, you know, everything that that you see when the flag smashers are caught, that final scene in the city where you're seeing him and all of his he's learning how to use the shield and 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 he uses his wings and the, the jetpacks give him that extra strength that the serum does. He doesn't need the serum to, to, to be Captain America. I, I just thought the whole thing was just bravo. I, I enjoyed it, um, you know. You were reminded that, you know, like just like we were reminded that Zemo could just escape at any time if he felt like it. Um, he could still pull strings from inside prison uh, with, uh, you know, one world, one people. And you're thinking, okay, so super soldiers do exist and the flag smashers are still going to get some things done. And boom. Oh, this is setting up another thing. Like there's, there's, there's yeah. something else. And, and, and so it's just amazing that they couldn't do this in a movie. This could not have been a, a, it would have been a long movie, but this is better as a miniseries. It's better as a miniseries because, like I said, the whole point with these miniseries, um, whether it's, and I can't, that's why I can't wait for Loki to see what else we 
discover and uncover. Um, you don't have the time to peel back the layers. Like we, we all knew what happened from Age of Ultron when Wanda tells you how they stayed alive waiting for that Tony Stark, the Stark Industries uh, bomb to go or missile warhead, whatever it was to go off and it never did and they stayed alive. But now you get to live it and understand why Wanda is so obsessed with sitcoms. It's a mate, like it's just, the whole thing is amazing. Um, and with this one, you get to find out Sam Wilson is indeed broke. You get to find out that Bucky uh, is still trying to make retribution oh, for the lives. About, yeah, we didn't even talk about all of his, his list and the little the, book that he had. The little book uh, and, and trying to try, trying to like make Make it's hard know, to cram all this stuff into an hour. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to keep these podcasts short. I'm telling you, it's my fault, man. We go on tangents. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. You know, the, trust me. The, the train, the train of thought gets derailed. We've been down this road uh, plenty of times. Uh, 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 but, but no. So it's, it's been great. Just the way they're able to unlayer things. You can't do that in a movie, even if the movie is three hours long, because you got too much going on. Right. But they're able to call back to so many things in the movies that you're reminded just like WandaVision, of stuff just like wandavision when, when yeah, just you like know, when darcy shows up and you're like oh my god she's from thor like that was crazy and it, uh, yeah it's 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 and and you know other another thing with the wandavision stuff like monica rambeau and now understanding what her role might be in cap, cap captain marvel 2 like there's just it's just a lot man it's a oh, lot Seth. So much. and they do they do a great job i, I always tell people the dc uh like cinematically, they'll never match Marvel because Marvel's always five steps ahead. DC's trying to play catch up. And that's strike one against DC. Strike two against DC is Marvel has literally taken what DC did with its animated content and done it in real life and live life. action. Yep. And DC will always be measured by its animated content and its live action will never live up to the animated content. Oh, it I can't, it won't. Said. Justice League, and Justice League Unlimited is the greatest uh, animated series ever, and and people go. But that was a universe. Beat? But that was a universe where they paid off things that happened in the Superman series and the Batman. Yeah, series. Batman, Superman Adventures. Yes, exactly. So, I, I, yeah, man. Yeah, man. No, it's it's brilliant, and you tied up Bucky's storyline brilliantly. Um, I thought Sam's storyline was the A storyline. I mean, there's no secret. Um, the scene when uh, Sam takes Isaiah to that statue in the museum, in the Captain America Museum. museum. I, and I, it's the first time I've said this, but how did that make you feel? Uh, you know, it was a little conflicting because it was like they were trying to put a bow on it, but you can't put a bow on it. Like it's a moment in time. And I'm sure he's, he was shaking. He feels, Did you see that? He, like he, 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 yeah, he feels the pride. Oh. The man's got a statue. He, like he feels the pride. He thinks the world has forgotten him or never knew him. Yeah. But like uh, I think if you read the caption on the statue, it, it kind of addresses the fact that he's been forgotten. And back then things weren't are as they should be. And leave it to social to media it. to do the screen grabs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to, had to. Um, and it, it, they're trying to put a bow on it. I don't think we're done with Isaiah Bradley or his grandson. Um, if you know, like what happens in the comic books. Yeah, he's young um, Avengers. Yep. Yeah. So I think we got a lot to look forward to here. I just 
maybe they try to put too neat of a bow on it, but it's okay to have joy in moments. You know, I think. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying is, 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 is that like, like for a guy that jaded, would he be turned by that gesture? I like, don't, th- I think he would be. I in think real life, have- it seemed very like, okay, you know, it's the happy moment. I don't, I couldn't imagine Isaiah Bradley going, yeah, well, sure, let's go to the, the Captain America Museum. Well, I mean, you know, got to kind of suspend belief as you do with all these series that, you know, he didn't know where he was being taken. Um, and he, like, just, just to witness it in real life, though, I think was a great thing. And it's a moment of joy. Now, is he still bitter and understands what the world really is? Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. But, you know, if Sam can clear the way for him to get some some pride back, some joy, then, yo, I'm all for it. I'm all, and I'm, I'm like I said, Captain America 4, I'm here. You know, I I did not like the first Avenger. It was boring to me the first time I watched Rewa- it. I, rewatch I, it now. I grew to appreciate it. Still not my far from my favorite. No, no, no. It's, but but rewatch it now bottom. and see all the references to everything. Yeah, it, it, it's in the bottom half of my Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe's movies, MCU movies. But at the same time, I, I appreciate that. I think the trilogy is the best of the trilogies. Yeah. Of the individual trilogies. Yeah. I think it's better than Thor and I think it's better than Iron Man. And I guess yep. we'll see if uh, what, what they do with uh, the next Spider Man. Yeah. Um, and, and Guardians. And Guardians. I love Guardians. Well, Spider Man, you know, I'm, I just want that character to grow up because he's the dumbest Spider Man I've ever seen. Like he's because he, well, he's literally he's, a kid. He, he's literally a kid. And they're, he's literally they, a kid. Exe- and even, but he's not heroic. He's not, he, everything he does, he screws up. He like he skates by Spider-Man is the, the character they went. They tried to do the anti Garfield, you know, and they went overboard the other way. And he, now he's just like this little kid and he doesn't know anything. And Mysterio, everybody's fooled by Mysterio. He, he had no idea. And he's giving him the special classes and he's doing all these dumb things. And I don't know. Hey, I, I, I was fooled by Mysterio, too. Not he's the lie. guy that I, cried. All the other guys that blipped. He's the one that cried. Like, I, I don't know. I I, uh, I I am excited about that next Spider Man though with the multiverse. I this look, I'm here for the bring back. Did you see the new the note about Doc Ock? What uh, Alfred Molina said about that in your social? No, media. I know he's I know he's in it, but I don't no, no, know. He I didn't claims he claimed this is it's it's not even a rumor. It's he said it. Uh, he said that the moment in Spider Man Two where he falls into the water, that's when he's taken. Oh. That's okay. when he's taken into the multiverse. That's crazy. That means Spider-Man 2 happened to Doc Ock. That's to when he meets. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that gets you. Alfred mind. Molina, it was like, what are they going to do? Kill me off? Like, he didn't care. Kevin Feige has no man, uh, you know, Vulcan mind meld on, uh, on, uh, on Alfred Molina because he was just spewing stuff. He was on some YouTube thing or whatever. And he said, yeah. he said all that stuff. It was fantastic no I, I can't wait for that movie. i'm just so excited for all these movies i'm not as excited for black widow like whatever it's kevin cool. smith always says this is the reason to eat healthy stay alive because you got to see all these things um no two, no i'm with it two questions that we kind of glossed over um there were three the bucky one i think we kind of addressed um the uh, julia louis dreyfus's character first of all she can do no wrong and if she appears in Black Widow, and Black Widow is a flashback movie. 
I wonder if they have a show of her that they have footage of her as a younger person, kind of like when they did the young uh, technology on Sam Jackson or or Robert Downey Jr. Oh, could you imagine if she looks like Seinfeld Elaine? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, because I don't think she looks. She or, doesn't look that different from Seinfeld Elaine, no. and they've got plenty of footage of her. That's what I'm saying. They have the footage. To, yeah. So I, yeah, I can see. I, I I had to think about it, but yeah, I can see that. I can see I, that. And you're right. She can do no, like when she came on the screen, everybody I know was texting like, me like, Oh, they, they, they like that, that, that. That's the other thing about Marvelous. They, they go out, they go get all the big, the big hitters. Everybody. Well, like they, 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 they're very good at, you know, going to get just really good actors and actresses. Like whether you're talking about Ben Kingsley played an out of alcoholic actor. Like, come on, man. Like Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 and I love that Captain America or John, U.S. agent, sorry, U.S. agent is uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Yeah, Hunt. don't call him Captain America. Don't call him Captain no, America. No, he's, a, he, he's U.S. agent. Um, oh, I love at the end. He's, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. That was, that was so great. Last question, uh, and this has to do with um, Captain America. Um, why did they keep referring to him as gone? Because what I predicted, you know how like everyone talks about these Disney plus series and the Luke Skywalker moment, you know, I guess Elizabeth Olsen teased that in WandaVision and everybody thought it was going to be a moment and it really never really paid off. I thought the end scene was not going to be at the Captain America museum was going to be old man, Steve Rogers showing up, to see Isaiah Bradley going, I didn't know. Like, uh, my my. Heart no, I, th- I think that's I, what I, I thought that the show was going to end. And when he goes to see Isaiah Bradley, and before you see the statue, I'm like, holy crap, that's going to be Chris Evans right there, right there. And he wasn't there. Why is why do they keep talking about Chris Evans as gone? And even in private, when they're having the little frisbee catch with the shield, why are they saying that Steve is gone? Where did I, he go? I guess he's dead. What? He died when? I don't know. When did I don't, he die? I, Seth, I, I want the answers just as badly as you. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Steve Rogers. Uh, I would like to know, look. I would like to know what happened. Do you to think Steve he's Rogers. really dead, or they're just they're they're fooling themselves? I, I don't know. It did just he go somewhere? So are you saying? Are you suggesting he went somewhere? I don't know. I don't know. I just think all I know is he was really really old at the end of end game. He looked he like a guy old. who had lived a whole life. He like was he old. Could die. He could have gotten off that bench, taken a walk, and died. He's technically in the show because that scene in Endgame is the opening scene of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You hear it. You don't see it, but you hear it. He says, you know, how does it feel? And he goes, it feels like it's somebody else's. And oh, yeah, Chris Evans says, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I will. He doesn't no, just go. He doesn't die off. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's weird. It, it was just, it, it's, it, I wanted to, like, when they're alone, now, publicly, they want to say Captain America died, that's totally fine, but it, when it's just Bucky and Sam. I, I, I think he, he must be, he must be dead. Must be Seth, dead. That's, that's the only thing I got. Like, I could be wrong, but I'm just going off what you're going off of, which is what they give us. Based right. on what they give us, he's gone. No, you're supposed to know. You have to know. I, I, nobody's going to know. It's like that TikTok video. Nobody's going to know. Don't know. Um, last thing, last thing I want to bring up, uh, and I, I'm I'm throwing Marshall here uh, a, a curveball. 
something that I want to focus on future episodes of the podcast, uh, especially, I think, in the month of May. Uh, and that is uh, a conversation I heard uh, with Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker is the comic book writer who created The Winter Soldier, who at the time of the interview that he did uh, was on Kevin Smith's podcast. He said that he hadn't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it brings back awful memories. And the idea, and there's a growing thing, and I'll throw some names at this guy named Jim Starlin created Thanos. Um, there are all kinds of examples of these work for hire comic book writers and artists that were paid to create comic books. And they never put clauses in the contract about the future because no one saw something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe coming. And the reason I'm saying this and the reason why I want to focus some episodes on it is what Ed Brubaker's point is, is there's no legal standing. He, A, no court would allow it because he didn't create Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes was created in the 40s. So he didn't create Bucky Barnes. But when you talk about a franchise that made billions with a B of dollars on the Avengers and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, can you take a quarter million dollars and spiff these guys like and, 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 and take care of Ed Brubaker, the creator of the Winter Soldier? And there's an animosity that's growing. Um, Ed Brubaker tells a story about how, and I'm, again, podcasts don't compete. So go listen to the, to the Ed Brubaker uh, episode of uh, Kevin Smith's Fat Man Beyond. Um, Ed Brubaker said that when the Captain America Winter Soldier movie came out, he was told he was on the guest list for the after party. And when he went there, his name was omitted. And Sebastian Stan, he had to text Sebastian Stan to let him in. He created the Winter Soldier. And you see these stories like there was this great documentary on Hulu, uh, Batman and Bill, about Bill Finger, who is the co-creator of Batman. And Bob Kane, who was a dick, never gave Bill Finger one shred of publicity when they were both alive. Uh, Bob Kane took sole credit for creating Batman when Bill Finger created Robin, the Joker, the Batmobile, the Batcave, Bruce Wayne, like all of those things. And it took a half a century to get Bill Finger's name in now all future Batman releases, say Bill Finger. And I'm bringing this up because I think there's something here that it shouldn't be a heartbreaking conversation. When you're talking about billions of dollars, there's a guy in comics that created the current iteration of the Guardians, the one with Gamora and Groot and Rocket and Star-Lord. And that combo, give that man some money. Well, Seth, I, I, I'm putting I'm, you on I'm, the spot, but but like I said, no, this no, you're is not putting me future, on the spot. It's a future thing, and I heard it, and it broke my heart. You're not putting me on the spot because I'm going to tell you, uh, morally, yes, they should, but we know people's moral <laughs> compasses are askew here in 2021, probably just like they've been askew all this time because as you said you can go back in time and talk about intellectual property and oh you know, jerry siegel and joe schuster and never got paid for superman exactly so so but they didn't know superman was going to be in a black in, in a billion dollar movie they didn't know black panther was going to make a billion dollars right so protect your ideas um because these these corporations 
are never going to look out for they're, they're built they're corporations it's like the empire to, to still a star wars reference the empire coming down on one man you have no shot against the empire um by yourself so protect your protect yourself protect your idea and on top of that like get people who understand what good publicity is to direct the marketing or whatever for these companies and understand that like the chump change as it is like you said a quarter million dollars it's couch cushion money like you're not talking it's worth it's worth the good publicity you're going to get to give up the cash um it's just like the the story i don't know if you you heard about uh what happened with um Trevor Lawrence and his wedding registry and a guy had a podcast. He was oh, like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. buy him something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, he, he says as a joke, Oh, this is a little expensive, but if I can get some people to go in on me, we'll get like a toaster for $300 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like overnight, he's got like a, a, a couple of thousand dollars people on people, this GoFundMe right. and people go want to go in yep. on a gift. And then the toaster company finds out about it. And they're like, Oh, we'll just give you the toaster and we'll help donate. And then all of a sudden, the money's there. It's going into all the local charities. Trevor totally. Lawrence sees it. He donates to the totally. ch- Like we live in a society now where you can, I won't say shame someone into doing good deeds, but make it worth their while. To do well, good and that's deeds because good, right. good publicity costs, costs nothing sometimes. So my, my goal, my goal in the next couple of weeks is to try to find these comic book writers. And I, I'm not naming them all because I don't know them all, but I'm going to research it. And some friends of mine that I've already talked to, um, I'm efforting to get some of these guys on the podcast because if this podcast can bring this story to light, I do think it's worth it. I, I think I think the content is so good that to just gush over it is is is, is limited. No, I, and, and those and, stories those stories need to be told. Seth. I agree. Ultimately, I, agree. I think everyone who consumes the content needs to know the backstory or yeah. wants where to know these the backstory at least. Yeah. Yeah. Where the yeah, where where these things came from. I mean, there's no there's no secret about that. All right. Um, how can people find you online? Uh just yo, any of uh the social media platforms you use, the 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 handle is consistent at M Harris on air. Um, like I said, I tweet about stuff. Uh Instagram, I'm not as active these days because Instagram is a cesspool. Um, but uh you think Instagram's me. a cesspool, but Twitter isn't? Uh, I think Instagram is a cesspool because like people just, <laughs> it's so visually driven and people just post their highlights and it'll have you a second guessing your own stuff. I just don't, I, I'm more of a, an Instagram producer. I don't consume a lot of content. That's fair. Um, uh, Twitter, you get to choose who you find. like the difference between Facebook and all these other, like Facebook is like you're friends with someone. So now their stuff comes up on your feed. And like, you don't need to know everything about them. You don't, you know, it's like if you're at the grocery store, right? And you're making conversation because there's six people online. You're like, oh, tough weather we're having. Yeah, man, it's yeah, been raining. Yeah. But you know, I don't need to know your opinion on everything. Twitter is very curated. Whoever follows you has chosen to follow you. Whoever you follow, you have chosen to yeah. follow. It's rough out there, Seth. That's why it you is. don't tweet. That's why you don't it tweet, is. Seth. That's why we do a podcast called the hall of justice and the Falcon and the winter soldier. If you haven't seen it, first of all, you we told you that everything that happened, but go see it and go see it again. And one thing that it'll make you do, it'll make you want to re-see the movies. And if you can see what Falcon and winter soldier, it means you have Disney plus all the movies are there. Just rewatch them all. Just watch them all. 
one one thing before I let you go or before you let me go, I guess Uh I will say this and people are very much largely against this notion of mine, but I enjoy embrace and encourage the way that these series are being released on a weekly basis, as opposed to the, the binge for all. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to binge it, that's fine. Just wait till it's over. But I think there's more talk about more focus, uh, more appreciation for the content when it comes at you and you have to wait for the week and talk about the last episode and speculate for a week. I, I, I completely agree. And it's funny because we wait on this podcast. I, what I decided for TV shows is wait till they're, it's over before you do a review. The, we, a couple of times we've broken that rule. We did an episode called They Did What in WandaVision when uh, Evan Peters showed up. Like, because it was a whole universe shaking and was that the X-Men and was he really Quicksilver and, you know, like that, that whole thing. Um, But for the most part, we wait till these shows are over. Um, And it's, it's a, it's a grind sometimes because you're chomping at the bit. Like I've gotten tweets from people saying, you haven't reviewed this yet. Like we posted Michael Rosenbaum because four episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier had aired. We weren't there yet. And I didn't want to do a podcast that was going to get completely, um, revamped you know like re- revamped because something happened and it that's why i do not take back my infinity war review because then that's how i felt i didn't understand the, the snap because batman and superman they had just killed superman and you knew he was coming back and that was stupid and i was like and then here's marvel doing the same thing they're killing these guys you just paid a billion dollars for the spider-man rights why are you killing both spider-man and they paid it off and then fold and then fold and then fold and then fold. So it's, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, Marshall, it, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you promise to come back. I, I'll come back. Seth, I promise. All right. That's Marshall Harris. Check him out online. If there's anything that uh, we said in this podcast, if you have a, a, an issue with, do me a favor, reach out to Marshall directly. Leave me <laughs> out of it. <laughs> uh, we'll be I'm back my next. I'm week. ready. Well, hopefully we'll get some comic book creators, but uh, next week we'll have another episode of The Hall of Justice. you're into tech you're going to be into tech stream what is it it's a new podcast because that's what the world needs more podcasts i'm seth everett and he is shelly palmer hey seth i am shelly palmer at least last time i looked and the world does need one new tech podcast because there just aren't enough tech podcasts except this really isn't only going to be about tech no, and it's not going to be something that only experts and let's face it, nerds are going to know. And it's also not going to be for dummies. We're not going to tell you how to turn on your location services. 
as a matter of fact, we're not going to tell you anything. What we are going to do, though, is make you aware of some of the most interesting things that are happening. What's new? What's next? What it might mean? Why you might care? And by the way, how it's going to change your life. It's Tech Stream with Seth Everett and Shelley Palmer. You can find it on Underdog Podcasts and wherever you get your shows. 